Welcome to the Banner of Truth broadcast. This program is brought to you by the Free Reformed Churches of North America. Your host is Pastor Jack Schumann, pastor of the Emmanuel Free Reformed Church of Abbotsford, British Columbia. And now, here is Pastor Jack Schumann. Let us turn to the Holy Scriptures to Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 5 as we read the verses 1 through 17. Hear the word of God. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all those things are exposed and made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. This ends the reading of the Holy Word of God. The text for the sermon today is taken from this passage of Holy Scripture, Ephesians 5, the verses 15 through 17. And there the Apostle Paul writes, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so may the Lord bless the reading and the preaching of his holy word to our hearts today. Dear friends, sometimes we wonder, don't we, what the future has in store for us and for our loved ones. Will we enjoy health or sickness, prosperity or adversity, peace or war, life or death? We have many questions about the future But only God knows the answer to these questions because, as the scriptures say, our times are in his hands. Well, rather than wonder about the future, you and I need to focus our attention on the present. Specifically, we need to ask ourselves, what does God want from me? How does he want me to live? How does he want me to conduct myself in this present evil age. Well, the Bible contains many verses that one could use to answer that specific question. 
But with the help of the Lord, we want to focus today on what the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 17. Here in these verses, the Apostle Paul exhorts us to walk in wisdom. And it's that subject that we turn our attention with God's help today. Our theme is walking in wisdom. And we'll see that such a walk, first of all, demands great carefulness. Secondly, it seizes golden opportunities. And thirdly, it understands God's will. The words of our text form part of the so-called practical section of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. In chapters 1 through 3 of this epistle, Paul describes our position in Christ. And then, starting in chapter 4 and ending in chapter 6, the apostle describes the practical implications of this. In other words, how we ought to live in light of who we are in Christ. Paul emphasizes this using the metaphor of walking. In fact, Paul uses this word walking several times in chapters 4 and 5. Chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Same chapter, verse 17, he says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Chapter 5, verse 2, he says, Walk in love as Christ also has loved us. And by this word walk, Paul is referring to our walk of life. He's talking here about the manner in which we live, how we conduct ourselves in this world. Paul uses the same word in our text. See then that you walk circumspectly. Now, the word then here connects our text to what comes before it, specifically to verses 8 through 14. In verse 8, the apostle reminds the Ephesians that they were once in darkness, but now they are light in the Lord. And then he goes on from there to command them to walk as children of light. Well, now in verse 15, Paul comes back to that thought and fleshes it out. It's as though he's saying, I have just exhorted you to walk as children of light. Well, now I'm going to tell you what that means, what that looks like. And in the first place, it means to walk circumspectly. Now, the word circumspect is derived from two Latin words, the word circum, meaning around, and specere, meaning to look. So literally, it means to look around. The dictionary defines this word as, and I quote, the surveying of all possible consequences before acting or deciding. So, for example, if I say, Mr. Brown is circumspect in all of his business dealings, I mean he weighs all of the potential consequences, both pro and con, before making a decision, and he does that with the best interests of his business in mind. Now, the Greek word that Paul uses here actually means carefully or accurately. It can also mean with strictness or strictly. Think, for example, of a cat walking on a wall that's embedded with shards of glass. He carefully, gingerly steps over the shards of glass so that he can get to where he wants to go. 
Or you can think of a soldier making his way through enemy territory. He's always on the lookout for any sign of danger. And when he detects it, he stops and he crouches down low and he waits for the danger to pass. Or think of a child walking on a log to get to the other side of a creek. The log is covered with moss and sharp branches and it's slippery. And so the child has to step very carefully lest he fall off of the log and end up in the creek. Well, Paul says this is how we as believers are to live. Not carelessly, not traipsing around without a care in the world, not flirting with the attractions and temptations of the world as though we're invincible and impervious to their influence, but rather strictly, carefully, always on the lookout for danger, wisely considering every single step. One commentator says this, and I quote, he says, the children of light have awakened to the danger of the darkness and live accordingly. They do not pretend that there are no real dangers in their world or in their patterns of behavior. They are constant in giving rigorous, wise examination to their mind, heart, and behavior knowing that the darkness can always encroach upon their lives. They live carefully for the sake of the light shining on them. Well, in issuing this exhortation, the apostle is guarding against a tendency in every Christian to become complacent. It can happen that we become what I call lazy river Christians. I'm sure you've all been to a water park. Most water parks have a river that meanders through the park. And the idea is you sit in a rubber inner tube and you let the current take you to wherever the river leads. And I submit that there are many Christians in the church today who are just like these people in these inner tubes. They're lazy river Christians. They're Christians who literally just go with the flow. They're not striving, they're not fighting, they're not running. They simply go wherever the current takes them. And the Apostle Paul is saying here, don't be like that. But see that you walk circumspectly. And the word see is also important here. The sense is be vigilant, be on the lookout. We could also translate it as see to it that or take heed that. By using that word, Paul is stressing the importance and the urgency of this matter. He wants us to take this exhortation seriously. See to it, he says, that you walk circumspectly. Make this a priority in your life. Well, my friends, is this also your priority? Don't become complacent. Don't just coast along in your Christian life. Be circumspect. Always be on the lookout for temptation and danger. Avoid situations that may cause you to lust or to covet or to gossip or to do anything that is not pleasing to the Lord and is contrary to his commandments. See to it that you walk circumspectly. Well, then as if to enforce what he has just said, the apostle adds this phrase, not as fools, but as wise. Now, a fool in scripture is somebody who denies that there is a God or who lives as though there is no God. Psalm 14 verse 1 says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And because he denies that there is a God, he lives the way he wants to live, 
and he does what he wants to do. Nor does he care about the consequences. All he cares about is what brings him pleasure in the here and now. Now, the wise person is the exact opposite of this. The wise person is one who knows that there is a God and who orders his life accordingly because he understands that he lives every moment of every day in the presence of God. And God sees everything and he knows everything and he hears everything. And so he strives by the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit to keep his commandments and to live to his glory. The foolish person does not walk circumspectly, but the wise person does. So if you don't walk circumspectly, you're a fool. But if you do, you're wise. Let me try to illustrate this with someone who's a fool and someone who's wise. A good example of a fool is King David. One night while David was walking on the roof of his palace in Jerusalem, he looked down and saw a beautiful woman, Bathsheba, bathing in the street below. And he lusted after her. And he took her. And he had relations with her. And then he arranged the murder of her husband, Uriah, to cover up her pregnancy. And by doing so, David acted like a fool. Well, yes, he believed in God. He was the man after God's own heart, in fact. But in this particular situation, he acted as though there was no God. He didn't walk circumspectly. A good example of a wise person is Joseph. One day, Potiphar's wife grabbed Joseph and desired to have sexual relations with him, but Joseph refused. And what is more, he got out of that situation as fast as he could. In fact, he ran away so quickly that he left his cloak behind. Now, by doing this, Joseph acted like a wise person. He walked circumspectly. He avoided sin at all costs. Well, dear friends, this is exactly how God wants us to live in this sinful world. He wants us to live circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, fleeing from sin in all of its forms. Well, what about you today? Is this how you're living? Oh, don't be like a fool. The way of the fool leads to sadness and death and ultimately to hell. But the way of the wise leads to happiness and life and ultimately to heaven. So walking wisdom demands great carefulness. But what does this look like practically? That brings us to our second point. Having exhorted the Ephesians to walk circumspectly, Paul goes on to explain what this looks like practically. And significantly, he focuses on what this means in terms of how we use our time. He writes, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Now there are two main words for time in the Greek language. There's the word chronos, from which we get the English word chronology, and that word is used when speaking about the flow of time, such as time on a clock or time on a calendar. And then there's another word. It is the word kairos. And this word refers to a moment in time, a moment that is especially significant or favorable. It can also be translated as opportunity. And this is the word that the Apostle Paul uses here in this part of our text. He's referring here to opportunities. 
And concerning these opportunities, he says we are to redeem them. Now, the word redeem, as you probably know, literally means to buy back. Some have said that Paul uses this word because he envisions the period in which he lived as largely under the control of, of of the devil. And so it's the responsibility to buy back time by using it wisely and to God's glory. But the word actually has the sense of to make good use of or to take advantage of, or to make the most of. And so what Paul is saying is that we are to make use of, we are to make the most of this time that God has given to us. And rightly so, because we are here only for a short time. And what is more, at any time, we can be taken away by death. And so we need to redeem the time. Now, negatively, that means things like this, not wasting precious hours mindlessly surfing the Internet or watching movies and on television hour after hour after hour or catching up on the latest news on social media, following the latest fad on TikTok, playing video games for hours on end. Oh, how much time is wasted doing things that ultimately don't matter. Positively, this means things like making good use of opportunities to do good to our fellow man and to bring glory to God and to promote his kingdom. There are so many ways to do that, aren't there? It begins here in church. It begins with the church of Christ, with the body of believers. There are countless opportunities to redeem the time in church. We can redeem the time, for example, by visiting the elderly and widows and widowers, giving them a card on their birthday, giving them a call once in a while, by encouraging the parents of young children, supporting them as they raise their children in the fear of the Lord, making a meal for a young mom who's busy or who's just had a baby. It includes stopping to talk to children and young people, taking an interest in them, asking them what's going on in their lives. It includes giving an encouraging word or godly advice and counsel to those who are in need or who are sick or who are experiencing a crisis in their lives. It includes serving in a leadership position in the church or on a committee. It includes sharing the gospel with a friend or neighbor and discipling them in the faith. These are all good examples of redeeming the time. But it doesn't stop with the church. We have to do good to all. Whenever we see a need, we're not to look the other way, like in the parable of the Samaritan, or we're not to assume that someone else will look after it. We are to take advantage of the opportunities to do good. My friend, is that how you live? Are you redeeming the time? Are you living as though every minute counted? Are you always on the lookout for opportunities to do good? Is that how you're living your life? We ought to, because Paul adds here, because the days are evil. Paul's referring here to the days in which he lived. They were evil days. Now, why they were evil, we don't know. Paul doesn't specify. Some say Paul was thinking of the fact that there was persecution at that time. Others say he was thinking of the moral evil that was prevalent at that time. Well, whatever the case, the days were evil. 
And now Paul says, in light of this, in light of the evil of the days in which they lived, the Ephesian Christians should take advantage of every opportunity to do good. And we need to do the same. And for the same reason, because the days in which we live are also very evil. Homosexuality and transgenderism and all other manner of sexual perversions are openly celebrated today. And anyone who speaks about these things or who refuses to go along with it is labeled as a bigot and a homophobe when that's not the case. Abortion and euthanasia are embraced by most people today. Our governments over the past few years have increasingly stripped us of our rights in the name of seeking to control a disease or virus such as COVID-19 and even forbidding churches to worship God. Oh, we live in dark days, friends, and it appears that things will get worse before or even if they get better. Now, in the midst of such darkness, let us make sure to redeem the time. Let us seize every available opportunity to do good and to live to God's glory, because if we don't, who will? There's one more aspect to walking in wisdom that is mentioned in our text, and it is understanding God's will. That brings us to our third and final point. Our text ends with a final exhortation, verse 17. Therefore, do not be, or we could say become, unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, Paul here uses the word unwise. This is a different word than the word fool in verse 15. Some say the word that Paul uses here is a stronger word than in verse 15. So the word unwise is literally a blockhead, somebody who's completely devoid of practical understanding or judgment. The Apostle Paul is saying, don't be like that. Don't be foolish. Don't be unwise. Rather, on the contrary, the opposite, understand, which means comprehend, discern what the will of the Lord is. Now, there's a lot of Christians today who want to know what the will of the Lord is, and that's a good thing. We should want to know what the will of the Lord is, and we should do the will of the Lord, because his will is perfect. But more and more Christians want to know what God's will is in every specific circumstance and situation. And they want to know whom they should marry. They want to know things like what they should do for a living and where they should live and, and even what they should do on any given day. But this is not realistic. The truth is, God does not always reveal his will in every particular circumstance, despite the fact that many will claim that God told them to do this or that, as though they had direct access to God and as though he spoke to them like we would speak to a friend on our cell phone. No, he doesn't do that. He expects us to be guided by the principles of his word and to apply those principles to every given situation of life using our sanctified common sense. Now, having said that, the Lord does reveal in his word what his will is for us in general terms. In fact, this past week, I looked up every verse in the New Testament that describes the will of God. And I discovered that there are six things that God wants from us. First of all, he wants us to be saved. In 1 Timothy 2, verse 4, Paul writes that God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Secondly, he wants us to be spirit-filled. 
In the verse immediately following our text, Paul writes, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Thirdly, he wants us to be sanctified. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3, the apostle writes, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Fourthly, he wants us to submit. 1 Peter 2, 13 to 15, Therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Fifthly, he wants us to suffer. First Peter 3, verse 17, For it is better, if it is the will of God, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. And sixthly and finally, God wants us to say thanks. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18, the Apostle Paul writes, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so to summarize, God's will for us is to be saved, to be spirit-filled, to be sanctified, to submit, to suffer, and to say thanks. And each one begins with the letter S, so that you can never forget it. And the question is, what will you do with this? Understanding what the will of God is, will you also do it? And that's part of what it means to walk in wisdom. And so God wants us to live wisely. Now, how can we do all of this? Well, in and of ourselves, it's impossible. We can only do this in Christ. And therefore, if you're not in Christ today, I urge you to go to him. And I urge you to ask him to convert you, to change you, to make you a new creature so that you will do his will, that you will walk in his way. And he'll do it, for he's promised to do so in his word. And he will fill you with his Holy Spirit, that you may be enabled by his power to walk circumspectly, to redeem the time, and to understand and to do the will of God to his glory. Oh, look to him, therefore, let him show you the way. And may the Lord give us grace that we all may walk in wisdom today and every day until he comes again. Amen. Dear friends, it's our great joy to be able to preach to you the word of God every Sunday on this station. If you are blessed by or have a comment on the message you've heard today, we'd very much appreciate hearing from you. Please take the time to write us a short note. Our mailing address is Banner of Truth, 3386 Mount Lehman Road. Lehman is spelled L-E-H-M-A-N, and that's in Abbotsford, British Columbia, V4X2M9. Or you can email us at banneroftruth at frcna.org. And when writing, please indicate the call letters of this station. If you take the time to write to us, we'll gladly send you, free of charge, a wonderful booklet entitled Faith of Our Fathers. In this booklet, Pastor Neil Pronk, the former radio pastor of this program, explains the so-called doctrines of grace, otherwise known as the five points of Calvinism. We hope that it may be a rich blessing to you. Please note that we do not send out CDs of our radio messages. However, you can access and download all of our messages at any time from our website at 
dot banner of truth radio all one word banner of truth radio dot com support for this program is provided by the free reformed churches of north america for more information about our churches including where you can find a church nearest you please visit our denominational website at www.frcna.org. Your financial support for this program is welcome and deeply appreciated. If the Lord has placed in your heart a desire to help us to offset the costs of broadcasting this program on this station, you can send us a check in any amount. Again, our mailing address is 3386 Mount Lehman Road, Abbotsford, British Columbia, V4X, 2M9. Or you can visit the donation section of our webpage. Our webpage again is banneroftruthradio.com. Thank you for listening. And now until next week, may the Lord be with you all.